there should be like a fog machine at least, like after that. Sorry, it's just me. Hello, welcome. Glad you guys are here. Uh, that uh, trailer right there is for a series that we started last week called Epic Story. And uh, this story is actually told uh, in the Bible. And so over the course of the next few weeks, we're looking at what the scriptures say about what God did when he decided to uh, begin relationship with us, what God did as he began to make the world and, and kind of how all that pieces together in a story that he wants to tell, uh, not only in history, but through us here today. And so over the next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking back at the scriptures, at specific events that have happened and pulling out the significance of those uh, for us today. And if you weren't here last week, we celebrated Easter as many churches probably did across the world, and we looked at the significant event of Jesus Christ coming to this earth, living his life, uh, really kind of paving the way for what a life is supposed to be lived under God's leadership, and then he died and then he rose again. And so we began Epic Story looking at really the most significant event or story uh, in Christianity. And uh, we kind of started out of order because of the significance of that. Uh, anytime you talk to a Christian, uh, they point to the, the fact that they've decided to follow Jesus Christ. And that following of Jesus Christ is because of the life that he lived, the fact that he was the son of God, the fact that he died and he rose again. And so we started out of order because of the significance. But now today we're actually going to go back uh, to the beginning of time, looking at this idea of the grand opening of the world that, that we know. And we're going to look at the significance uh, of that. But through this series, just like any story, you, you have to look at the characters of the story. You have to look at the themes of the story. You have to look at kind of what's going on, uh, what's the problems that happen, how do they solve those problems. And that, that's what kind of grips us uh, in a story. And so over the next few weeks, I don't know what your view of the Bible is. Uh, it may be something that seems outdated or something that is irrelevant or something that you've never really read before. And so our goal in this series is to bring certain highlights of the big themes of scripture and actually pique your interest. And like any book, you actually have to read it for yourself to know what it means. And the scripture is even further. It's, it's more than just what you know, but as you read it and you actually live by it, if you choose to actually live by it, as God brings the help to do that, it actually changes you. And so you're not just reading it as somebody who's just distant, but it changes you. And so we're going to be looking at kind of how that works. And so I hope you can join us for the rest of the weeks as we're, we're covering this. If you missed last week, you can also listen online at uh, churchinthevalley.com. But I want to start again at the beginning, and we're going to look at creation. Okay. And in the scriptures, uh, creation is significant, significant because without creation, we're not here. And I remember, I'm not like a really, really philosophical person, but I remember at an early age, probably at the age of five or six, I kept having this thought. And the thought was, if God didn't make me, I wouldn't be here. See you guys next week, right? Like, that's it. Like, I just remember being like, so if I wasn't made, I wouldn't be here. If I wasn't here, I wouldn't even be having this thought. You guys ever like done that? Just like you just take a step back from your life and snacks and video games and TVs. And 
And I was just like, whoa, I'm here because I'm here. If I wasn't here, I wouldn't be. You ever had that? Some guy, people are like, Alex, I'm just shaking my head just because you're really weird right now, right? But, but that's this idea of creation. It, it, you have to start in creation because at its root form, without creation, everything we know, we don't experience, we don't see. And so we're actually going to look at the fact that out of our direct experience of life, it points to something that happened. And the scriptures don't leave that up to just a mystery. They don't leave that up to chance. They don't live up to this process that happened. They leave it up to what God did, what he said, the cause that he made and the effect that happened. And so we're going to look at this idea of that creation in the scripture shows the power of God and the significance of the people he created. So not only does creation show the power of God, but it shows significance for us, me and you, and everyone that's ever lived, we have significance because of what God did in the beginning of time through creation. And so that's what we're going to look at today. In the book of Genesis, which is the first book in the scriptures, you find the creation account. And it begins with these powerful but simple words at the same time. Genesis 1.1, this is the first words in the scriptures. It says, in the beginning, God. Okay, if you've never read the beginning of the Bible, that's how it starts. In the beginning, God. Now, it's very easy to just read that and, okay, like, let's get the story going. In the beginning, God. But this is crucial because the framework of the scriptures is basically saying that from the beginning of time as we know it, there has always been God. Nothing created God. God didn't come out of anything else. In the beginning, he was there. In the beginning, God. So creation came from the creator. And Genesis 1.1 is saying the creator is God because he's there from the beginning. The reason I bring this up is epic story as we're talking about this series. God is the main character. And he's from the beginning and he's also at the end and he's actually not even bound by time. He's, he's eternal. So as we're talking about this story, we're always pointing back to God. And as we live our life, we always want to point back to God. Why? Because it began with him and we're here because of him. It was his idea. So in the beginning, God. So he's the main character. Then it goes on uh, the rest of the verse. So in the beginning, God, then it says what he did. He created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay, so you get this, there's this darkness that existed. It was in the beginning God, and he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without this form and void. There was darkness, and there was just this kind of black hole kind of system that that existed. And he was there. And that's what existence was at that time. But then the scriptures go on. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So up until till that point, there was no light. Darkness was all that there was. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. 
Now, some of you are like, uh, dude, I learned this, like, I've heard this my whole life. And some of you are like, whoa, like, that's why we call it day and night? Yeah. Because in the beginning, God, he created the categories for life as we know it. And I'm, frankly, really happy that he decided to make light. Not to go back to my deep philosophical, but did you know if he didn't make light, we'd just be in darkness right now? Like, what would church be like? Like, right? Oh, you don't have to worry about what you wear. No one could see you. We don't have to worry about, like, right, doing a screen because no one could see it. But just imagine life if it was just darkness. How just, honestly, terrible that would be. And I love that God decided to make light and then it was good. Like, yeah, light. That was a good idea. You could just see God. He made, yeah, I'm. That's a good, I'm glad I made that an addition to creation. It was darkness, then he created light. And it goes further, but I just want to summarize the order of creation so you can see how the world we know it was shaped by the hand of God and, and his design. So day one, he created light. That's what we just read. Day two, uh, the sky and really the, the earth's atmosphere. Day three, dry land. It gathers into the sea and vegetation, the plants and the trees. Uh, day four, he created the sun, the moon, the stars to provide light for the day and night. Okay, day five, creatures of the sea, winged birds. Okay, so in this, there's this, this intentionality, there's this cause, there's this point that God says, I, I want these things to exist. And because I want these two things to exist, I'm going to make them. And they're going to exist on this earth. Just like I made darkness and light. I'm making creatures. And so he, he did that all in creation. And then day six, for the most part, this is like really all that we keep track of as humans, right? Even right now, you're like, okay, when do we come into the scene, right? Well, that happens in day six. He created the land, animals, livestock, creeping things. I just like that the separated creeping things, like, like all the things that kind of freak you out. God made those on day six as well, okay? Just in case you're wondering... They didn't just come about. He made them just to add a little sense of humor to all those people that scream when they see a spider. Okay. And then beasts of the earth. And then he made mankind. He made Adam, which is the first man that existed. But it's easy to gloss over again and just kind of think that we're all here. And if you grew up in school and you've maybe listened to the media and things, you just have the sense of like, well, I don't really know how it all happened. It just It happened. But as you read in the scriptures, you see there's this progression from the hand of God as the designer of the world. Like he made it and it was his idea. And there's this intelligence that he had. And it's unfolding in in the scriptures. Now we're going to come back to mankind because there's actually some significance to him making us. We're going to come back to that. But I want to just take a step back because, again, it's easy to gloss over the story of creation and fail to see what God did in that. Because we can actually learn a lot about who God is just from the beginning account of creation found in Genesis 1. There's a few things that I'm going to drop, three things, but there's many more. The first is, from creation and the order, you can see that God is actually powerful. Okay? God made the earth and the universe and everything in it out of nothing. Out of nothing. Now, some of you are, are very creative people. 
right? And if I gave you like materials, you could like make a table and you could maybe stain it and it maybe could like sit in my house and it'd be really nice. I could put stuff on there and it serves a function. But have you ever created something without anything? No. Like if I said create a table, you're like, great. What kind of material? I'm like, you just feel it. You just picture what you want and build it, right? Like, am, am I a great motivator there? Just, you can do it. Like, okay, but we're, like, do I go to Home Deep? Like, where do I go? No, you just build it. If you build it, they will come, right? See how inspiring this is? No, God, there was nothing. He created it out of nothing. No matter how hard we try, no matter how creative we are, no matter how much we've gone to school to know how to build things, or create things, or design things, we actually have to have materials to do it. We do. But God is so powerful, he just set it into existence. He created light, and then there was light. He created the earth, and then there was the earth. He created the land, created the sea, he separated the darkness from the light, and it happened just by the sound of his voice. So when people talk about power and God's power, and how we need somebody that can act on our behalf. It points back to the very God who brought our existence into being just by the words of his mouth. So he, he, he's powerful. Uh, there's some images I want to show. So earth is, everyone's like, where's earth? Where do we live? We're that like little small, like, you know, earth, right? Like, I realize I'm like, I don't have to explain that. <laughs> you guys know earth. It's right there in the middle, the bottom. Okay? Did you ever, like, think about, we have life and all this stuff that we get to experience on this earth, but then you look at the expanse of the universe and look how small we are. God did all that. God did that. There's another image I want to show you. This is uh, where we are in relationship to the sun. And talk about the power of God. Earth, we're like the third from the left, that little small one, right? And if we would have been anywhere differently in relationship to the sun, whether closer or further away, we would either burn or we would freeze, okay? But in God's power, he knew the exact placement to place earth for humans to exist. Does that just kind of blow anyone else away? Like you look and you see these other planets where no life has really been found, but on earth, where the life is found, it's exactly where it needed to be in relationship to the sun to exist. That's crazy. But that shows God's power. He knew the exact alignment and exactly where it needed to be. Off a little bit, we, we don't exist. That's God's power. He, he knew how to create life and how to sustain it here on this earth in relationship to everything else he made. That's power. That's wisdom. That's intelligence beyond what we can even know. And that's what you find in the scriptures in the creation account. He did all that. There's another aspect besides his, his power, and that, that's his goodness. Okay? Now, the goodness of God in creation is something that we take for granted. Okay? How many of you have ever taken a picture of a sunset? Just raise your hand, just, you know, Instagram, and you're like, no filter. Why well, hashtag? And I'm like, as many filters as I could find. 
But on sunset, you actually don't need a filter, right? It is, it's beautiful. But you know God decided that the sun was going to set and it would do that to the sky and it would look like that. He ever thought why he did that? I think it points to the goodness of God. You ever thought like in the spring when the trees bloom and flowers and you can see them all around, these red or pink or white, these beautiful flowers. Why did he do that? Why does that exist in creation? I've got some pics of that. I think I've got some flowers. There's, we don't know. This isn't another state. Like on the East Coast. You know, maybe Northern California, that could happen. But th- these are trees. And that's green. That actually exists on this earth. Uh, the next picture. This is actually in Carlsbad in San Diego. These are just flowers, like wildflowers. That's beautiful. And then the next one, right? No filter. I love, I love sunsets. It's actually one of the, my favorite things on, in my life, just being able to see a sunset. It's one of the most beautiful things. And then you hear the person's like, well, you know, the sunset looks like that because of the smog. You ever heard that? You're like, please, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. But it's beautiful. And what you find in Scripture is again and again, there's this attention and praise that we're supposed to give to God because of what he's created. It's this idea of stop, look around you, and see the goodness and the glory of God. The person who made the sunset for you to enjoy has made everything else for our enjoyment as well. There's a sense of which God did this. He made beauty so we could experience something that we couldn't without him. And so it's all supposed to point to him. It's supposed to give our attention. It's supposed to cause this pause for us that says, look at that. Surely somebody created that. Surely somebody made that. Look, just that way. So we could stand here and we could see the mountains. We could see the ocean. We could see the trees. We could see the sunset. And ponder for even just a little bit. Who is out there that did this for us? And the scriptures are provided so that we have the answer to that. It's not an unknown. It was God. And this shows his goodness. But it also shows... That he is personal. And it's actually even more than nature. It's more than just the beauty that we can see. God actually in the creation. Determined to have a personal relationship. With humanity. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about. How humans. The creation of humankind. Is different than anything else he created. And how that gives us significance. But it shows God's personal um he he decided not to be a distant creator he didn't just set the earth in motion set the universe and then take a step back and never to be seen again instead he made it and on day six he made humans and the scriptures say that they were made in his image the only part of creation that was made in his image so there's this the separation from the rest of everything he made the rest of the days, and then with, with mankind, he was made, man was made in the image of God. That's what it says in Genesis one twenty seven. So being made in the image of God points to this personal relationship, points to the fact that although we're not God, and although we mess up, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week, we still relate and have significance in a way that the only humans do. 
And we love animals and we love creation. But when God made humans, there was supposed to be this significant to humans that was above all the rest of creation. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But this is God's character. He decided to make us as man and woman. He decided to relate to us in a personal way. He decided to build things around us that were good. And he decided to create in a way that displayed his power so he could be known. And because he made us that we could actually have a relationship with him. So all this is significant. All of this shows why we are where we are. And I want to take a step further and talk about, well, what does this mean for us here and now? What you find through all this is that people, they have undeniable value as God's, God's prized creation. There's this value that has been given to us from God that no one can take away. And that's because we were made in his image. And in Genesis 1, 26 through 27, this is what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, when it says in the beginning, God, it's determining that's one God, God the creator. But then you see, let us make man. And that's speaking to three persons, three in one, the, the Trinity, as they call, as they call it. This idea that, that there's father, God, the father. There's Jesus, the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. But it's one God in three persons. And they're having this, this like interaction at the beginning of time, saying, like, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And right there you see, not only were we made in the image of God, but he gave us a responsibility to actually take care of what he's made. There's no other account in the scriptures of God talking to anything else he created and saying, hey, you will take care of this group or this animal or this livestock. We're the only people. We're the only creation. Where he gave us specific responsibility for. And see you think those creeping things don't matter. But here you see. You're actually supposed to be over. You're supposed to manage even the creeping things. This is the idea of like. You have dominion that. These, these are here on this earth. They don't rule you. You rule them. That's what it means to to get dominions. God's given us this responsibility. And so this sixth day, as he introduced man and woman, he gives this responsibility, really this charge for life. This is the life that that you're supposed to to live. And being made in his image actually has given us the ability to think and to relate in ways that, that no animals can. We have a certain relationship that we have with each other. We build communities in a certain way. We are complex thinkers, and this is because we are made in the image of God. There's an intelligence that we have that represents God creating us. It's like his, his fingerprint on us. And that gives us value. So as we solve problems, as we work together, as we accomplish things, this represents God working through us because he made us this way to do that, to accomplish things. So I want to talk a little bit about what this means to be made in his image, to be given responsibility on the earth. Well, 
We were created for a purpose. We were. And God has the right to give us the purpose because he made us. And so it always points back to the creation, looking back to the creator for guidance. And this is why people throughout time have been trying to find where significance and purpose comes from. And they search for it in different places. It could be in philosophy. It could be in uh, science. It could be in just trying to accomplish something, just trying to make sense of, of how life works. Well, for the Christ follower, they may be able to use science. They may be able to use the skills and the gifts. But ultimately, the Christ follower points back to we can act and we can find significance and we can find our purpose in the God who, who made us. And so these are the purposes that, that you find in scriptures. The first is we were made to enjoy work and to manage the earth under God's leadership. Again, no one was given this job. And you find that in the scriptures I just read and in Genesis 2.15. We were given this job to manage. To manage the earth. To take care of it. To bring it under our, our kind of authority. And that's an important role. No one else in creation was given that. So we have purpose in that, to work and to do it well and, and to, to handle it under his leadership. We were also given the purpose to obey and fear him. Uh, Genesis two sixteen through 17 says this. You'll see it up here on the screen. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So not only did God create, but he set some parameters on this is how you would live and this is how you can't live. And the first test in the idea of obeying God was you can enjoy everything I've given you, but there's this one tree you cannot eat of. So you can manage everything else. You can enjoy the fruit of this tree. You can enjoy these plants. You can swim in this water. You can do anything you want, but this one tree, can't do that. Next week, we're going to find out that that tree just was just too appealing. They had to eat of the tree, and then that changed everything. That's the introduction of, of sin. But even here, the purpose was you have to listen to God. You have to obey what he says. He sets boundaries on life. And what you find is boundaries are actually helpful. They allow us to know how we exist. They allow us to find purpose. And this is where I fit in. So God set that from the beginning of time. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you can't do. It's just the test of, well, who, who's going to be the boss? Who's going to lead? And God was setting this up like, I'm, I'm the creator. I'm the leader. And so part of our purpose is found in when we obey and when we fear him. And fear God does, doesn't mean just to be afraid of him. Fear God is, I actually believe what you say. I'm going to take you seriously. I'm not going to think you're kind of messing around or you're kidding or this isn't real. I'm going to take you serious enough that I'm actually going to listen to you. Now, if you're a parent, there's these parts where you relate to your kids where you you talk to them in a way, do you understand what I'm saying? And parents, you know. Now, If you don't have kids, you know those times when your parents said that to you. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Do you hear what I'm saying? And at that point, you're like, okay, I think this just got real. Right? There's a point in which 
like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe going to listen. I'm maybe not going to listen. But as soon as you hear the, did you just hear what I said? You're like, I sure hope so. Cause I don't think it's going to go well after here. That's kind of like, it's that, that fear of like, it's serious. I'm going to listen to what you say. But it's based on this relationship that God had. It was a trust relationship. He had given all the things that they needed. He had provided. So to fear God is recognizing, I'm going to take you seriously, God, because of who you are and what you've done. Not just because you're some just powerful, distant being. But it's this real personal relationship that existed from the beginning of time. That's the relationship God wants us to have with him. That's what it means to obey in fear. Now, the third is to form families and enjoy relationships. So even community and family life is why it is because God created it. So he actually came up with the idea that it says in the scriptures, it's not good for the, a man to be alone. There's the idea of like, it could have just been one man, Adam. That's it. And then my whole thought when I was younger, like if I would have never been made, I wouldn't be here. I would have never had that thought. But God didn't just want one person. He wanted Adam to be able to relate to Eve. And so he created Eve. And then Adam and Eve had families, and those families had families. And there's the beginning of creation, the beginning of the human race. So the fact that we get to enjoy relationships, and we can experience community, not only in family life, but even in church, it's because of what God did in creation. He formed the community. He formed people so that they could relate. And so there's purpose. When families have kids, that's living God's purpose. When people get married, that's living God's purpose. When we relate in a community and look out for each other, that's living God's purpose. But if you're like me, it's so easy to forget. You just, we, we do what we do. I wake up, I go to work, because I gotta go to work. I have family because that's what you do, you have a family. And I go to church because you're supposed to go to church. And I'm supposed to smile because I'm at church and I should smile. And sometimes you just go through the motions, but you get back to this. And this is what we were made for. This is our purpose. And this flows from the character of God because he's good, he's personal, and he's powerful. He is the one that, that brought this into existence. All this is a gift from him. On Friday, I was, I was cleaning out my garage. And oftentimes when I think about work, it's... It's like, okay, I'll work, and then work will be over, and then I'll play or I'll relax. And so it's, it's always this sense of get past the responsibility to the point where I don't have it anymore. Okay? And that's kind of wired in because work is hard. It's difficult. Uh, being in a family is, is tough. It takes work because you wake up and you just want what you want. And the people you live with, they want what they want. And if you have roommates and you have people in your classes and you have people at your work and it, Relationships are difficult, but I was cleaning out my garage on Friday and I was, you know, taking stuff off of storage racks and moving things and I'm sore and I'm like, man, this is like hard work. And then my, my sons came like, can we help you dad? And they're at the age where, you know, you really are wondering what they mean by help. Like we could sweep for you. I was like, well, that's great because there is, you know, there's a lot of dust and leaves and all sorts of stuff. And so they began to sweep. And as I was working 
and God does this in certain times, you, you have the sense of like what you're doing right there, like, like you were made for moments like that. My sons were sweeping, they're pushing the leaves and the dust out of the garage, and I'm moving stuff. And I just got a sense of like, this is what I was made to do. I was made to manage things and bring things into order. Not only that, I was able to enjoy it with other people who were helping me bring it into order. There was a point where it's like, that was significant. But it's so easy to gloss over. And even at the beginning, it's like, oh, I've got to clean out the garage. Like, I don't want to clean out the garage. Like, what if we don't park in there anymore? We just throw everything in there. Right? Like, I had that thought. But God's given us this role where we can bring order. We can take the responsibilities we have. We can relate to people while we're doing it. And it's good. And it's good. And that's what God did when he made us. He gave us purpose. He gave us the ability to find significance. And that leads to the last point. And that is, life is actually sweeter. What I just described, life is sweeter when we live for God's purpose for us. See, what, what happens in life is that we're here and we don't think about why we're here a lot. We're just here because we're here. And we just do what we do because we've got to do it. And we just go where we need to go because that's where we're supposed to go. And it's so easy to live life. And just like at work, you just punch it, the time card, I wake up, and then I punch it, I go to sleep. And you just do that over and over again. And life loses its purpose. It loses significance. In fact, it can just feel hopeless at times. Feel mundane. Feel like there, there's, no, there's no joy in it. But what God's done through the scriptures is given us this picture of this was God's idea. You're here because God wanted you to be here. You're sitting in that chair because he gave you life. And he's given you relationships and he's given you responsibilities. He's given you a place where you live in a community, in a neighborhood where he's put you. All this flows from the beginning of time in the creation account. God's involved. And life is sweeter when we look past just the motions of life to the hand of God that has made our life happen. Now, if you're like me, there's ups and downs to that. So many times you're wondering, well, where God is, where's God in that? What happened in that? But what you find is there's always these things, good or bad, that points us to try to find, what, why did that happen and why am I here? And the scriptures are pointing to, as you ask that, there is a God who wants you to turn to him for that answer. There's a God that wants you to seek him. And in Genesis 1, 31, you get the sense of all that he did. And it says, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. I just love that. It's this idea of somebody who created something and they look at it. This picture, like an artist, an artist that makes it. And they do the final little stroke with that final paint on that final scene. They take a step back and that's it. It's finished. But the artist, is, they've made the music and they've composed it and they've brought all of it together and they've recorded it and they listen to it the first time. And that's it. It's complete. It says of God as this great artist that he is and this composer and this life giver and this creator and this designer. He created it all. He created 
man and woman. He took a step back and this is good. This matters. This is good. And those words bring so much hope. Because without God saying this was good, we don't know our value. But because he said that, it shows that he has given us value that no one can take away. We matter because God made us. Our significance and our identity can be actually found and established in a relationship with him. And no one can take that away. And nothing that we can do can rob us of the significance that we have. That's why people matter. That's why the church needs to, be a, to make a big deal about trying to love people and to reach people because of this. God made them. People matter. You matter. We all matter. Because he made us and it was very good. So God wants us to find our value in him. If this is true, there's always ways and pulls to find our value in other things, but he wants us to find our value in him. And the other part is that he wants us to take a step back, to slow down, and to actually thank him for what he did. There's this thing that says, as you look around you and you experience the relationships, in the midst of even the hard things, we have to slow down and think, God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for what you will do. That is the hope. Because God made, that, made us and he's given us significance and because of his his power as we call to him for help he helps us and because of his goodness we know that even though he's all powerful he's also good and so one doesn't trump the other so he's always acting in a way in complete knowledge and complete power and complete goodness of every situation so people talk about trusting god i need to trust god in this situation they're pointing back to this the god who created the god who's all powerful all good all knowing he can handle what I'm facing because he's the creator. And in the beginning, God, he was always there. And so I want to encourage you, as you just kind of go about your week, this, you know, this week and the work you have and the schools you go to and the, all the different responsibilities you have, take a moment just to pause and thank God for what he's made. Thank God for, for what he's given you. Gratitude is one of the most powerful things that he's given us, just to stop and just say thanks. And so I, I encourage you to do that. And another aspect is maybe determine what, when you've kind of thought about your downs recently, like when you've been just down or depressed or frustrated, what have you been looking at to get your value? When there's a bad day, what's happening to you and what are the circumstances around you that cause you just to kind of lose hope? Because oftentimes when you look at what's frustrating and what's discouraging and what's weighing on you, it's an indicator that we're trying to get our value from something that we can do or from something from somebody else. And it never comes up like we need it to. Because we don't have the power and we don't have the goodness. So I encourage you, as, as those things happen, just ask God, God, where am I trying to get my value? Where am I trying to find my significance? Because I'm trying to get this and I'm just coming up empty. As you do that, God shows you. And so I encourage you to do that. In fact, as I wrap up, there's some next steps that you can take today on the connection card that Ben had you fill out. So as I close, why don't you pull that out 
and finish filling that out. We're going to be receiving our offering, and you can drop that uh, in the offering as that comes by. Uh, but there's a couple next steps, uh, which I just mentioned, that you can fill out. And just, I'd like to pray for you as, as, as you take those steps this week. So join me in prayer. You can finish filling that out, and then we're going to sing another song, and you can drop in the offering as that comes by. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, your goodness to us and that you're personal, that you can be known. And thank you for your power that nothing is too difficult for you. And so, God, we, we just look at the world in which you've made and we're just in awe that we exist on this earth and you've given us all these things for our enjoyment. You are a good God and and you're so gracious to us. God, help us this week to just pause and to thank you for what you've done. And God, help us to remember our value is in you. You've given it to us. No one can take it away. So help us to draw back to you to find it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.